Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. Today we are covering Leviticus 12, 13, and 14, as well as finishing Proverbs chapter 15. And, you know, today's reading is one of those where you, you, you've got to think a little bit. Um, certainly we understand that part of what is happening here is just a clear recording for us of what the people of God were commanded to do. And some of our observations today are just simply a recognition of what the law was in the Old Testament for God's people. Uh, It's information. It's helping us understand what God's will for them was and what they were to do. Uh, But there are some things, I think, that as we think a little more carefully about them, Um, are some applications and things in the text today uh, that although much of this sounds a bit strange for our ears today in our world, uh, I think there are some helpful takeaways for us. So let's get into it. Leviticus 12 to 14. Five observations. Number one, God's people were given instructions for purification after a child is born. That's the the purpose of this short chapter of, of chapter 12. Um, After a baby boy was born, after a baby girl was born, there was a purification time that the Lord outlined for His people, and it gives us the instruction of that. But building on that, a second observation is that although a baby is a great gift, the understanding of the passing down of a sin nature is taught. Uh, Having a child is a wonderful gift. It's not God's will for everybody to have a child, but but that's the... That, that's the norm. Uh, most people get married. Most people that are married have kids. Not everybody, certainly, and God's will is not that way for every single person. And when that's not God's will, His will is best. Um, if it's God's will for you to be single, then that's best for you. If it's God's will for you to not be able to have children for whatever reason that, that He sovereignly has ordained, that's, that's best for you. Uh, but, but the norm is that people would get married and people who get married have children. And as you read Leviticus 12, this brief chapter, it it does teach us this this concept of of making uh, an offering here um, after the child is born and the purification that's needed. Um, It it mentions uh, the the burnt offering and the sin offering, and it's it's teaching us this this concept um, that, that we learn more as we go through the rest of the scripture uh, that children, while an amazing blessing from the Lord and absolutely a gift and heritage from the Lord, um, do uh, receive that sin nature, um, and, and that has to be dealt with. Uh, Psalm 51, in sin my, uh, my, my mother conceived me, um, that, that that sin nature is passed down, that, that all have sinned and fall short uh, of the glory of God. Every mother and father uh, are sinners. Um, and when two sinners have a union and a child, that sin nature is passed down. And we see that uh, beginning to be taught and passed down here through the work of Leviticus 12. Third, uh, the provision of an offering for the poor is given. We see that at, at the end of chapter 12. And it's observed in the birth of Christ. So let's, let's look at this for, for just a moment here. Uh, in, in chapter 12, uh, dealing still with this the purification 
uh, after childbirth, it says uh, in verse 8, if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons. Talking about here of the sacrifice that you would give after the birth of a child. In Luke 2, verse 22, after Jesus is born and he's being presented at the temple, it says, When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two pigeons. Um, and that comes from Leviticus 12, verse 8. And so the offering that's being described here, uh, we see actually carried out through the um, life of Jesus through his parents, Mary and Joseph. And then a fourth observation, laws are given for dealing with disease and cleansing showing how important it is to observe all the Lord commands. So chapter 13 is this very lengthy, very detailed chapter about all of these um, detailed kinds of issues related to skin disease and, and all the different kinds of maladies that people may have. So those laws are given. And one of the things it shows us is how important it was for the, the people of God and the priest of God to know God's law so that they can observe all of it. And then a fifth observation, uh, laws are given to detail how to deal with uncleanness in houses. Uh, we see that in chapter 14. As they come into the land, uh, the Lord is providing um, detail um, laws and instructions for them to follow to prepare them for that time. Which leads us to the applications. What in the world is in here for us today? Well, I think there are some things. Number one, uh, it, this is a reminder. When you think about the, the offering given after a child is born, an application is children need to hear the gospel and be told of their need for Jesus. Um, it's such a precious gift when someone has a baby. Uh, and you hold that precious baby in your arms, you're just reminded of the goodness of God and, and the, the, the brilliant creativity of God, the, the life-giving, life-sustaining nature of God uh, as He gives these gifts to these moms and dads. But it's also a reminder that these children have a sin nature, uh, and they need to hear the gospel. You don't have to teach children um, to enjoy their own toys. No parent has ever said to a two-year-old, would you just quit sharing your toys so much? Enjoy them for yourself. No, they, uh, they, they by nature um, want things for themselves. They by nature don't like to share. Um, and so it's just a reminder, as beautiful and as a, much as a wonderful gift as children are, we need to be teaching our children about their need for a Savior and who Jesus is and, and the glory of the cross. Children need to know from their earliest days uh, the goodness of the gospel and the beauty of what Christ has done for us. I couldn't help but think of that in reading through Leviticus 12. Um, 
I love babies at, at church. When these moms and dads bring new babies to church, such an amazing gift. And yet, those children are going to need to hear about the glory of the gospel uh, because in time, they're going to act out from their sin nature and prove that just like their mom and dad, uh, that, that, that they are... Uh, that they have a nature that's going to lead them to sin. And so we want to be uh, faithful to point them to Jesus from their earliest days. Second, uh, having less than others is not a sign that God's blessing has passed over you. And I get that application in thinking about the offering described in Leviticus 12, carried out in Luke 2 by Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph were favored by the Lord. They were uniquely blessed of the Lord. And yet, they didn't have as much as others. We know that from the offering they gave in Luke 2, as described from the law of the Lord in Leviticus 12. They didn't have as much as others. But that was not in any way a sign that God's blessing had passed over them. And so, don't make the mistake of looking at your life and just simply trying to calculate you know, how good God has been to you based on your income or your bank account or your wardrobe or the car you drive. Don't think that if somebody else has more material stuff than you do, that somehow God has been unkind to you. Uh, the Lord is so good to His people and blesses His people in so many ways. Don't conclude that not having as much as somebody else means that God has uh, passed over you in terms of blessing. Third, um, this young people of God, uh, as the Lord is establishing a nation, establishing His people, this young people of God needed many laws and instructions to help them mature. So think about it like this. When you have a, a young child, you give that young child very detailed law. You say to your, your young child, um, go take a bath, use soap, wash your hair, brush your teeth, um, use toothpaste when you brush your teeth. You, you give them all of these laws, all of this detail, and, and you have to, to walk with them through every single scenario because they're young. And when our children are very young, they're not able to to make a lot of decisions on the way of wisdom. They haven't, they haven't acquired that yet. So what they need is law. And so mom and dad gives law to their children, very specific rules. Um, as they mature, as they grow, now they're able to, to do what is best and what is right um, without such strict law. Well, in, in, in some ways, that's what we see here in the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament law. These are, as a nation, as God's people, this is a young nation. And, and these young, this young group of his people need very detailed, very specific laws in order to, to shape them and frame them and, and help them to know the way to live and to be different, set apart from the world. A fourth application is that we must pursue spiritual cleanliness as we pursue holiness. And so what we see uh, in Leviticus 14 um, is, is in some sense 
pointing toward this spiritual principle that we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Let me read it to you. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. And so, uh, as God's people today, uh, we still want to seek to be clean. Uh, we still want to seek to be set apart from the world unto God in the fear of the Lord. And then a fifth application. Um, this comes from the end of the reading, chapter 14, verse 33. Um, God gives his promises and assures us that he keeps his word. Um, at the end of chapter 14, verse 33, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, first of all, what a blessing that the Lord is speaking to his people, revealing his will to his people. And it says, when you come into the land of Canaan, which I give you for possession, then he's going to walk through these detailed laws of cleaning and cleansing houses. But don't miss, wrapped up within all these detailed laws that sound a little uh, archaic because it's just not the, the world we live in. There is a spiritual application here that God continues to give promises to his people that they can take him at his word. He promised to give them a land, and he says, when you come into that land, I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to keep my promise. And I want you to, to know that today. Uh, as you go through your life today, uh, the promises of God are yes through the Lord Jesus Christ. When you read what God has promised his people, when you read the New Testament and you see promises that of things like um, I'm coming again, that, that you will be with me. When we read about promises of heaven, uh, be encouraged by that. God keeps his word and God keeps his promise. And then a brief summary from Proverbs 15, 18 to 33. Um, my summary is this. Walking in godliness keeps your path level and straight. There is a simplicity for the people of God when we walk according to godliness. When you lie, you've got to try to keep track of what lie you told and who you told it to and what part of the story you made up. And if you're doing things that are wrong, you're trying to cover your tracks and it makes life so difficult. But there's another way. The way of godliness is the way of simplicity. It keeps your path level and it keeps your path straight. And that is by just simply saying, I'm going to walk in the path of holiness. Don't have to worry about covering a lie. Don't have to worry about trying to cover up a sin. Don't have to worry about who knows what or who found out or, or what somebody knows. You just live your life in godliness. You just simply say every day with whatever I face today, I want to do what's right. I want to do what honors and pleases the Lord. Now, there, there may be all kinds of of fallout or persecution you have to live through with that. That's true. But you don't have to spend any of your time trying to, to cover your tracks, trying to make your path level. So Proverbs 15 says, when you walk in the way of the Lord, your path is level and your path is straight. Um, the best roads to drive on are roads that are level, no potholes, 
and roads that are straight and get you to where you're trying to, to get to, to your destination. Well, the same thing is true in our spiritual life today. We want to walk on roads that are level and roads that are straight. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 15 the way to do that is by walking in godliness, walking in holiness. Keep your life simple. Keep your life honest. Keep your life full of integrity and holiness and enjoy the simplicity of a life that simply seeks to honor the Lord. All right? Uh, keep reading. Uh, keep praying. Keep seeking the Lord today.